The breakfast show. Now it is time <laughs> with Blake and Lawson. In our world, we just start like 30, 30 trailers at once. <laughs> like you never thought. One man, one mission. This summer, two men, one mission. Faith FM. This morning on the breakfast show, mm-hmm. alive. I'm I'm loving the weather. I'm just like looking out the window and just kind of pretending that I'm outside, even though I'm inside. Yeah, uh, it feels a little bit like a fishbowl in here. Mm-hmm. Because of all the windows everywhere, uh-huh. but I'm loving that part of the fishbowl. That's my favorite side of the fishbowl. Actually, totally. We get to 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 look outside. We should do the show outside one day. We can. We should I think just we get, do later on in the year. We will get some really long cables so that we can just like take our mics straight out the window. I want to right there, on and we the can lawn. just just do it on the lawn. And as people come, as people come to work, just like Russell's coming in right now. Yeah, people come to work. We're like, "What's up? How's hey, it going, Russell?" <laughs> What do you do? We can just do on-the-spot interviews. Before we do anything, we need to get into another question for the quiz. Okay. Okay. Which of the following, by faith, did not experience death? Ooh. Okay. A, Abraham. B, Abel. C, Adam. Or D, Enoch. One of these names is not like the other. Okay. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Advent and Advent for Kids. Amazing December devotional books where you can spend time either by yourself or as a family considering Jesus's first coming, his birth onto this world in December, the time in which we celebrate that. But again, that question was, which of the following by faith did not experience death? A for Abraham, B, Abel, C, Adam, or D, Enoch, 0491-064-669. Well, it turns out, Lawson, when you identified as Jewish a little bit earlier in the show today, uh, that's okay, because we got a text uh-huh. that says, we're all citizens of spiritual Israel. Amen. So you're good. You're good to go. I'm I'm a spiritual Jew. Isn't yeah. Isn't is, is that what Romans says? I think so. So you're you're in there. Right. Well, definitely spiritual Israel. Not I'm not. Yeah. No. I think yeah. No. It's because well. Jew says like, comes from the word Judah, the tribe of Judah. That's right. Yeah. The spiritual the the spiritual Israel is like the 144,000. They're the last people alive before Jesus comes back. So you can be saved. But you may or may not be in the 144,000, which is spiritualized. So you but, got a great multitude, plus we got the 144. Yeah, okay. but the great multitude, that's spiritual Judaism, you know, grafted in, as Romans says. I love it. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the yeah. next one here, we've got, uh, if changing race is cultural appropriation, why is changing one's gender not gender appropriation? This is the argument that's been raging in this community for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. Like, totally. Particularly it's now... It's a good question. Particularly now, because there's such a focus on, you know, women's rights, which there absolutely should be, like, looking out for women. And and this is a conversation that we've had, particularly in regards to sports and allowing biological males to compete in in women's sports because they identify as a woman. And... You know, the big question there is like, is this not gender appropriation? No, is th- this sorry, not- there's no question there. That's totally inappropriate on every level. Like, I'm sorry, I have I'm saying that right now. You yeah. can people can get mad at we're, me or whatever. We're sports guys, but and- that is that's like 
just no. You can't do it. Like, like think about boxing, right? <laughs> think about boxing. And this is what's happening in the boxing community. You literally are having guys beat women up. It's disgusting. Like I, I'm sorry. This that's definitely literal a peeve domestic of mine. Big time on, in the boxing. Yeah, we are promoting and advertising and celebrating trans people beating women up, beating mm. biological women up. That no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, not happening. Uh, that's we really peeve. touched a nerve. We definitely this touched a nerve on that one for sure. Like <laughs> men should not compete. In women's sports, mm-hmm. end of story. I don't care how much lipstick you put on. I don't care how much makeup you have, or you know how little testosterone you have, particularly like or being through. how many estrogen pills you take, or whatever. No, this it's absolutely wrong on every level for men, biological men, to compete against biological women. Sorry, a little bit of a rant there, but you got me riled up, mm-hmm. real riled up for that. I got another text here. Uh-huh. <sighs> sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm just going to take a chill pill. Calm down, Blake. Yeah. Woo. Because, yeah, because that's the interesting thing, like regarding that, that comment, like we get riled up and I feel like, you know, because, but we're, we're at odds with the LGBT community who would say, no, as if you'd say that they should be able to compete in that. And, and that's, that's fair and acceptance, but transracialism, according to the LGBT community, is absolutely abhorrent. Well, I agree that they're both problematic. The one the one uh, really makes me upset is the in order to be inclusive, mm-hmm. we're literally demeaning and degrading women. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a big fan of women, and I think they're beautiful people, and I think that we, they should be celebrated, not beaten up yeah. in a boxing Blake's ring. Blake's a feminist, guys. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's clearly... I don't know if I'm that or not. I'm not sure. Well, I, maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe, like, first wave. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if uh, a bald, bearded guy could... Uh, You're a turf. With, uh, Do you know what a turf no, is? No, what's a turf? A trans-exclusionary radical feminist. <laughs> Definitely not that. Uh Okay. But uh, thank you so much for that. Speaking of trans, here's a text message that we got. Trans, quote, very inclusive community with no love. Kissy face with a heart. <laughs> you would think that they would uplift each other, but whose spirit and teachings do you think they follow? Question mm. mark. Sad, frowny face. Mm. Not the Holy Spirit. Mm. The pendulum will very soon swing to the other side and great changes will happen in the trans community and the whole world. We won't believe the speed of events in these last days. Hand on chin, one eyebrow up emoji with prayer hands. Mm. Got another text here. Thinking about this man that has said he needs to be content in who God made him. Mm. It made me think about how Jesus resisted the temptation by Satan to reveal his divinity. Mm. He was content in his humanity because he had heard God say, here is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, great point, actually. Here's another one, uh, just texted in as well, too. From monkeys, little monkey emoji, to man, you would have a monkey brain to believe that. Laughing face, rolling on the ground. But it shows the power of false education taught by the NWO. I believe that is referencing the New World Order. They are ruled by demons to deface God and humanity. Unfortunately, they did a very good job. Evolution has been taught for about 178 years. That is how long it took to get where we are today. A lot shorter than it took for the destruction of the world at the flood, which took about 1,600 years from creation. We are marvelously created. Thank God for Christian scientists 
triple prayer hands. Mm. But we've got another text with quadruple prayer hands. Oh, wow. Morning, guys. Got to tell you, I've been awake since 3.52 a.m. I forgot to take my tabs for five and a half hours of normal sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that emoji face is, but it's two of them. One's like the, and the other one's like, so that's the only way to describe those like, emoji faces. Just, okay. <laughs> but I watched the beautiful sunshine rise in the day. It was gorgeous. I'll probably fall off my perch later, but our day is too wonderful here in Queensland. God bless you all. Quadruple prayer hands. Margie sent that in. Oh, shut up, Margie. And next one here, the, the texts are just flying in. Mm-hmm. Gender appropriation, it's a mental issue. You need a good Christian psychologist. God help us. Single prayer hands. Mm-hmm. And finally, <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. okay. Sky. I love Sky's texts. Oh, Sky. Champion effort. Check this out. She says, I'm overweight, but I identify as trans slender now. <laughs> it's powerful. Power move. Powerful. You do you, girl. <laughs> trans slender. Uh, can I identify as trans slender as well, too? I don't know how that works. No, Blake, you need to go to the gym. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Go to the gym. Stay hard. Okay. My bad. <sighs> All right, Lawson. You're up. <laughs> I can't even think right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm up. You're up. Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the breakfast show on Faith FM. We have come time for the Bible study now, where we talk about all things. Well, this week we're talking about all things Christ's victory over death, which is just a fantastic topic to talk about. It's amazing Absolutely. to talk about what Christ has done in dying for us and resurrecting to have the victory over death. <sighs> Isn't that right, Blake? That feels so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> We needed the palate cleanser. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Dude, when that kicked in, I was kind of like, why is Blake speaking over the top of me? I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's that. Uh, you know, yesterday I have to apologize. We skipped ahead one day. We uh, did. I know. I, I only thought about it after the show, and I was like, how unfortunate was that you silly but i want to go back (laughs) i want to go back to matthew 27 verse 51 and 53 do you think you read that for us we're going to talk about this is a little bit about that actually this is very similar right to a question that we've answered just recently on the Mm -hmm. show and also uh a quiz question today regarding this very topic well, Blake, that many arose with the Lord. I can read that passage for you because I can read. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In Matthew chapter twenty-seven and verse fifty-one, it says, "At the moment, the certain at at that moment, the curtain. Sorry, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary. Maybe I can't read. That is incredibly. Before we go, I'm just gonna have a word of prayer as we read. I think here. we need it, yeah. Father in Heaven. Please bless this reading. Help us to understand what we are reading, and thank you for your Holy Spirit here this beautiful morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, as we read in verse 51, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and the tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They were they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. 
We've, we've talked about this a number of times just mm-hmm. recently, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've come to the conclusion that those people who were raised at that time during the resurrection, they have gone to heaven uh, as kind of the first fruits of God's resurrective power. Mm. Uh, but I do want to talk about is what's interesting here is we've got an earthquake that marks the death of Jesus and then another one marks his resurrection. So that's Matthew 27, verse 50, and then Matthew 28, verse 2. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just kind of, I don't want to say speculating, but I'm just recognizing we've been talking about God as our creator. Amen. And when Jesus died and when he was resurrected, there's like a a shaking of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's kind of interesting to understand that the creation that Jesus is responsible for literally quakes and shakes and rumbles when he dies. And then when he comes back alive, the same thing. Mm. What's very interesting is when he comes back again, the earth will have a quake like never before in all of history. Mm. It'll be the biggest <laughs> earthquake oh, of all man. time. There's this some quaking that's going to go down when the earth literally spits in, splits into pieces. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. it is going to be, you know, a lot of people believe in this concept of a secret rapture, right? Shh. Shh. Oh. It's secret. Okay, well. It's secret. The, uh, the Bible doesn't even know about it. Shh. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's not true. And yeah. It isn't secret. <laughs> because when you study the second coming of Jesus and you start to understand, there's not going to be a question like, I wonder if Jesus is here. Mm. Hmm. Could he be here? No. Every eye will see. Mm. The, every ear will hear the trumpet of the Lord blasting. You will see angels in the sky. You will see Jesus coming down in all of his glory. Mm-hmm. The earth will shake and quake and rumble and just absolutely be going wild. Dead people will be coming up out of the ocean and the graves. Mm. So just on that, if you don't see any of that stuff, the second coming is not currently happening. There's no secret rapture. There's no uh, behind-the-scenes rapture going on. Mm-hmm. The the only resurrection that is happening here, well, there's two resurrections, but that's uh, the second one's later on. The first mm-hmm. resurrection of life that happens is at the second coming, mm-hmm. and it is a very public, very loud, very big event. Yeah, you see... Though, for the person that subscribes to the secret rapture, they totally and wholeheartedly believe that that's going to take place. But they believe that seven years before that takes place, they're going to be sucked up into heaven so that they don't have to experience seven years of grave tribulation that takes place on the earth. That's that's what they say. That's, that's like, why it is. And so I see there, well, firstly, there's no evidence to suggest that you know, before this tribulation happens on the earth, before the world falls apart at Jesus' second coming, or during that time the world is full, falling apart leading up to Jesus' second coming. There's simply, I, I don't believe there's any biblical evidence to support that idea that that it's the saved, you know, those saved people just like get sucked up into heaven be, before that point so that they don't have to go through it. I, I believe it's, it's very clear, like Jesus comes back and those people, they're caught up into heaven with him. Why? Because he's coming down. They're going up. People are coming out of the graves. They're being resurrected. Um, but then it's like, well, why would they make a doctrine like that? And it's completely motivated by fear, ultimately. Mm. It's like, oh, surely God's saved people don't have to go through all that pain and suffering and falling apart of the world, right? 
And I would say to that, well, why not? God's people have always gone through pain and suffering. In fact, God's people have gone through the most pain and suffering True. for what they believe. Because they're following Christ. And exactly. He went all the way to the cross, to the most painful suffering that can exactly. be experienced. From and Gethsemane to Golgotha, complete suffering. That's right. And for God's end time people. Now, that being said, that is a scary thought. But this is the point, is that during that period of time, if we are in Christ, if we have chosen Jesus, the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us. He will get us through. He'll support us. He will protect us. But there is no need for this seeker rapture that, again, does not exist in the Bible to take place just so we can escape that terrible tribulation. There are people going through terrible sufferings right now, and there's going to be terrible suffering all the way until the very end of time. And you, like God will prepare you for it. Like God will work in your heart and in your mind and in your life. God isn't relying on you to be faithful. God is preparing you to be faithful. Jesus, when he came to the earth the first time, he is the human in the flesh representation of the character of God. Mm -hmm. Not once do we see him preaching the fire and brimstone fear-based evangelism that we see uh, throughout America, really, yep. and throughout the evangelical world, because Jesus doesn't scare people into heaven. This isn't some Absolutely. Halloween cult that he, he said, oh, you better do what I say. You better watch out. <laughs> I'm watching you, which mm. actually that reminds me of the text that we got about Santa Claus. That's not the character of Christ, you mm. know, like... You know, I see you, I'm watching you, you better watch out. And if you're not good, this bad stuff is going to happen. We never, see, yeah, we never see that at all. With Jesus, it's just love mm. all the time. And the only people that he even speaks to sternly are the religious leaders who know better that mm. he is rebuking and challenging their belief system to bring them back into an alignment with the character of love that God has. Mm. It, we do see in... Matthew 24, Jesus talking about the end of the world and the destruction of the world and the weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and you know, the parable of the ten virgins, like there was five who were wise, five who were foolish, and those people who were foolish, even though they were attempting to follow God, like they were left out. Like there are, Jesus preaches about obvious, the obvious consequences of not being saved. But simultaneously, that's also met with in my father's house and many mansions. Mm -hmm. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. Like I have come to save you. I'm not he who condemns you. This is the thing. Throughout all of those scary circumstances, you know, I think particularly of judgment as well, something a lot a lot of people are scared, are scared of to the point where a, a lot of Christianity has rejected the idea of a judgment. They're like, oh, there, there's no judgment because God loves us too much to judge us. You know, he says, judge not lest ye be judged. And, and the very point of him saying that is because you will be judged. Mm. Uh, you, you absolutely will be judged. But again, if we choose Jesus, we have nothing to fear. Amen. The It would have been pretty scary, though, at the time. I'm thinking about it back when Jesus died on the cross and the veil is ripped from top Ooh. to bottom. Yeah. No hands, like no one can see it. The, the veil is ripped from top to bottom, symbolizing that the sanctuary process of salvation, the type, anti-type, has been fulfilled mm. and Christ becomes 
the Lamb of God who mm. taketh away the sins of the world. And then when the, the dead rise up out of the graves, while that veil is being torn, it's a symbol of Christ returning and the the graves opening up with people uh, for a new life forever in heaven with Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. In our 20 million movement Bible study, uh, and I want to get back into it. I actually have a little quote I want to read here, but before we do, we've got our, is this our last question of the day? Yeah. I'm excited. I like how you said it too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you going to whisper us the question or are you going to say it normal? We'll see. (laughs) okay fill in the blank come now and let us blank together from isaiah 118 fill in the blank come now and let us blank together from isaiah 118 there's some potential words that you can put in there this verse actually led to my conversion wow this is a powerful verse for me well, actually, it led to my my grandma's conversion when she was in prison. Actually, oh yeah, she was like robbing banks and stuff. But when she's in prison, she heard that verse and she's like, "Yeah, we should blank, blank. together, yeah, uh, to come to a reasonable concu- a conclusion." Sure, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. We're gonna we're gonna move away from that because Blake has given away the answer. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's the number to call or text if you know. Uh, <laughs> our prize for this week: Advent and Advent for Kids. We will give these to you absolutely for free. You just have to enter the draw and enter the draw. You just have to get these questions correct. Come now and let us blank together from Isaiah one eighteen. So say Blake. Blank. I'm pretty sure you I said, said blank. blank. I don't know about that. I'm because this morning you said Blakeful, and now you've used my name twice. Have now. a fantastic day. <laughs> I, I want to read from the 20 million movement Bible study. It says here: these saints were raised, glorified as witnesses of Christ's own resurrection, and as prototypes of those who will be raised at the final resurrection. Thus, right after the resurrection of Jesus, many of the Jewish people were given powerful evidence to believe in his resurrection and thus to accept him as their savior, which many did, including many priests. See Acts chapter 6, verse 7. I'm going to read that real quick. Mm -hmm. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Amen. That's really cool, actually, to think about some of the guys who would have been part of the Sanhedrin, the group of Pharisees and leaders of the uh, the Jewish religion at that time. They actually converted and said, hey, this Jesus mm. truly is the Son of God. Mm. I got another quote here from the book Desire of Ages, which is one of my favorite books. It makes me cry, so I am a little nervous to read it mm. sometimes. Not this quote particularly, but the book in general. It's pretty intense. During his ministry... Jesus had raised the dead to life. Mm. He'd raised the son of the widow of Nain and the ruler's daughter of Lazarus, or the ruler's daughter and Lazarus, but these were not clothed with immortality. After they were raised, they were still subject to death. But those who came forth from the grave at Christ's resurrection were raised to everlasting life. 
They ascended with him as trophies of his victory over death and the grave. They went into the city and appeared unto many, declaring Christ as risen from the dead, and we be risen with him. Thus was immortalized the sacred truth of the resurrection. Wow, powerful mm. stuff. And that we've, we talked about that earlier in the week. Uh, I believe it's in uh, 1 Corinthians that actually explains that a little bit more in detail as well, too, about how these uh, Christians... Well, there were, I don't think they would have been called Christians because they had already been dead, but these followers of the Lord. Believers. These believers, perfect, had been raised and resurrected as evidence of God's power over death, mm. and then they uh, entered into heaven with the Lord. Mm. I think that's really cool because I got to say, if I saw, if I was back then and I saw a bunch of people raised from the dead who had been dead, I would be, it would. <laughs> Impact me especially very when, significantly, especially when the Bible says like saints of old. It's like that guy lived three hundred years. Yeah, that's like who are you? Like, oh, I was. Is Alexander the Great still ruling? Like, nope. Like, you like, are we still under Medo-Persian rule? Like, like I'm just thinking about how far it goes back. Actually, it's like saints of old. Are we talking like like someone from like? pre-destruction of the second temple like like pre-destruction of solomon's temple here's another thought as well too that i'm uh processing here's another thought that made me think like is it all the saints of old or is only a select few of the saints no way it's all the saints of old okay i i just was wondering because does that mean like the next resurrection is all the saints after because a saint is literally, let's be clear, it's just someone who follows the Lord. That's right. Like, if if every single follower of God was resurrected at this time, then it wouldn't have been a event that was like, because the text indicates that it's local to Jerusalem. Okay. But it would have been like people all over the Middle East. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Being resurrected. Fair so, enough. Fair so. enough. That is a really good point. It was mm-hmm. localized in that area. Mm. Okay, if you have any thoughts on that as well, too, t- send us a text at 0491-064-669 because it is kind of an interesting thought process to think about these saints of old that were resurrected. What are your What are your thoughts? And if you want to spice it up, throw in some emojis because I really do love the emoji game that I've been seeing on Faith FM. Uh, I want to go to Daniel chapter 4, verse 32. If you can read that for us, Lawson. Uh Humanly speaking, before you get there, the chief priests and elders had great advantages. They held the religious power of the nation and were even able to convince the Roman authorities and the crowds to help them with their schemes. But they forgot that. Daniel chapter 4, verse 32. Uh, Are you sure? I think so. Daniel 4, verse 32. You will be divine, uh, driven, sorry, from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass over you while you live this way. But Un- this is the part right here, right where yeah, you're about okay, to read here right we go. now. Here, here we, we go. go. Until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. Okay, so that's the part where all their lies are contradicted and invalidated by the existence of these resurrected saints because you got to remember too the sadducees at this time didn't even believe in a resurrection they even trapped or tried to trap jesus with the idea of like hey this woman had a husband husband died and then another one 
uh, came around and married uh, her. Uh, and then that husband died. And then this continues on, husband after husband after husband. And then they're like, in the resurrection, whose husband or whose wife is she? You know. Mm. But Jesus then calls him out and says, you don't even believe in the resurrection, you know. And you don't believe in what even you're saying right now. You're just mm. trying to trap me in this moment. So I think it's really interesting that when when Jesus, when God, the Most High, when he's ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes, he really challenges the, the established authority of religion. Like at that time, religion was being used to mm. control the people. And it's still happening today. Mm. Religion in many countries. I mean, look at Russia right now. They're mm. essentially, their country is uh, Eastern Orthodox, and mm. they use it as a tool to control the people of Russia, mm. which is very unfortunate because the Christian religion shouldn't be used as a tool to control the people, but to lead the people mm. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Totally. I absolutely agree. It's it's one of the most unfortunate things in Christian and religious history when religion and particularly Christianity is used as a tool to control people and to politically maneuver. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are praising our savior all the day long. That was blessed assurance by Chris Rupp, and we are coming to the end of the show here, and it is time for some answers. Yes, to the quiz. Answers to the quiz. I'm ready. It was the Nile River that turned to blood. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, Not the Amazon. It was the ninth hour. I said the Amazon because it's the longest river in the Nile. It's the second longest. Um, oh, the okay. ninth. It was the ninth hour in which Jesus died. Uh, the New Testament book, which New Testament book is referred to as a history of the early church? That is the book of Acts. That's correct. Uh, Blake's doing some gang signs. No, to, you know, that's spell sign it language. Out. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I know what it was, Blake. It was I'm, sign I'm not dumb. language. Um, it was Enoch who by faith did not experience death. And finally, come now and let us reason. <laughs> Together, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number that you can call and text to to gloat about how good you are, or to send in some questions of the day for some, for some one future day. But right now, it's time for question of the day. All right, Blake. My question is: Yeah. Well, this is from Karen. Karen asks, "What does it mean that God hardened Pharaoh's heart?" Did God want Pharaoh to be against him? It doesn't sound like a loving God. Great question, Karen. We refer to Exodus chapter 7, verse 3 to 4. The Bible says, But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply uh, my miraculous signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. This is God talking to Moses. Okay, a couple things here. First off, we're already dealing with an absolute psychopath in Pharaoh. This guy was either the guy who did this or the descendant of the guy who did this uh, that threw a bunch of babies into the Nile River, the river that you were talking about before, and a bunch of crocodiles were eating babies, which is awful and terrible and disgusting on multiple levels. By the way, not to mention, Pharaoh was perpetuating the idea of human slavery 
uh, that had been happening for nearly 400 years in Egypt. You know, we talked about the slave trade that happened in America, and it was awful and it was terrible. It was nothing compared to how long the slave trade happened to uh, the Israelites in Egypt. It was an awful experience for them, and Pharaoh was responsible as a brutal dictator overseeing that uh, for the terrible abuse and oppression of these Israelites that probably numbered over like 1.5 million people at the time. Mm. So you're dealing with that kind of guy as well too, first off right there. So when it says that God, well, let's be clear what it says. It says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, okay? That can be read a couple of ways. One way is God knows that when he is presented to Pharaoh, he will thus harden God's heart. I think of it like the sun of righteousness, right? It is shining, it's glowing, it feels good, and two things can happen, right? Uh, if you're a clay pot, right, uh, it can soften and melt in the sun, and then your heart can be moldable and, and changeable. Or your heart from the sun can harden like a rock or like a stone, you know? Or if you're fair-skinned like Lawson, you go out in the sun and you can get burnt, Really hard. Mm-hmm. No tan, just burn. That's right. right. Correct. So <laughs> when we are recognizing understanding, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. Mm. But because of people's disposition, because of their belief system, because of their personality, because of who they are, mm. how that person responds to God can be very, very different. Mm. So when God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. It can also be read in the fact that, like, well, I know that when Pharaoh hears about me, his heart will harden, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one aspect of that as well, too. In Exodus 8.15, it says, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart, right? And then 8.32 says, but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart. And so there's a, a process here as well, too. While God is being presented to Pharaoh, that's hardening Pharaoh's heart, but it also is Pharaoh hardening his own heart as well, which we have multiple biblical examples of as well, too. And when a person chooses to be opposed to the Lord, no matter how he is presented, they will harden and retreat away from the Lord mm. because they're choosing their own path instead of the one that Christ's provide. We are getting into the very end. Got a text message that has just come in. A multitude were raised with Jesus at his resurrection. These included believers from the time of Adam. Okay, mm-hmm. Obviously, as at the final resurrection, all saints will be raised from Adam till the last saint who died before the second coming, before the close of probation. Okay, so uh, I, Raphael is basically saying here that the that first fruit resurrection uh, that happened Jesus' time, that those were saints all the way back to the very mm-hmm. beginning with Adam. Now, but, but that really wasn't my question. My question was, is it all of the saints all the way back? And I think that that's what we have come to the conclusion. No, that, that's not what we're reading. There's a multitude yeah. of them. The Bible says the bodies of many holy peoples. So not all of them. Not all of them. But, you know, there was, there was, a, there was a group of them. Fair few. Which, which I think if there was ten of them, that's many, right? For sure. Because it's like that is freaky deaky. Like to see that, to see that it go down. It would have been wild for like, sure. Like I don't think a, a resurrection event has ever happened like that up until that point where like even ten people got resurrected. So, yeah. Looking forward to the next resurrection, but until then, don't forget to talk, live, and act faith today. 
everyone. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.